let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Here's what DC is talking about. The weather is finally warming up, so it's a perfect time for outdoor exploring in DC. Now you could hit all the typical DC spots like the mall or the tidal basin, or you could do what Austin Graff did, visit a different DC neighborhood every day, from A to Z, with a kid in tow no less. Austin is here to share why DC is uniquely suited for cultivating kids' curiosity, and also some tips about how to do it. Today is Thursday, April 6th. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. Austin, you are like Instagram famous for exploring DC. And one of the things I love about your explorations are how you are so intentional. Like you really are checking out all the different corners of the city with your child in tow. Pretty much anybody who follows your Instagram probably knows that you travel a ton, you've lived a lot of places. What do you think makes DC uniquely set up for exploring with a child? Yeah, so I think the size is one. We have all the amenities of a big city, but in terms of just land, it's much smaller than a Los Angeles, for example, or a Moscow, Russia, or Berlin, or New York City. And so that makes it a lot easier to explore, not just via car, but on foot through biking. My daughter and I like to bike together. And you can really try to get to know one neighborhood in just a day or two and do a deep dive. So I think really the the land, but also the people. I think DC has is in this interesting place where you have a lot of people who live in DC who are native Washingtonians, who just love this city, who know it more deeply than anyone else. And then you have people who have moved here for a reason, who um, are new. And so they also want to get to know a city just for the, the sake of just being new in a place. And so I find people in DC on both ends to be very friendly. And so as we would explore, mainly Addie would make friends with people who were from these neighborhoods and they would, they would tell us stories of being born and raised in the same house and what used to be on this corner and what replaced it and what the joys are of the neighborhood or the tensions. And the friendliness of DC just really helped open our eyes to getting to know the city better. So if you could suggest three places to kind of jumpstart folks' curiosity about exploring DC with kids, what would they be? Like, give us the starter pack. Oh, there's so many. One that I would call out is Southwest Waterfront. That of all the neighborhoods in DC, it's one that has kind of experienced most broad brushstrokes of DC history, where there are some of the oldest buildings there. Um, it's along the water, the Washington Channel. And there's just a lot to explore there from architecture to people who are born and raised who still live in Southwest Waterfront, who've seen it drastically change over the decades. But then there's just a lot of fun things for kids. There's an interesting Titanic memorial that um, 
kids tend to like watching the sunset over the water is a lot of fun and there's some good food spots there's a duck pond that kids love because there's a three or four story little free library there and rocking chairs and there's ducks there and so that's definitely a one place to start another one i would say is mount pleasant in northwest dc um again deep history and there's just a lot to see in terms of murals it's a neighborhood that has a lot of murals within alleys and the alleys tend to be more or less like safe to explore there. And so that's a really fun one. There's a um, yoga studio in the neighborhood who has a map that you can follow. And so my daughter loved kind of printing out the map and trying to go on this scavenger hunt, trying to find murals in Mount Pleasant. And there's also really good food, beautiful architecture, and a real sense of community there from people all from all around the world. And then another one would be Anacostia, which is close to where I live. It's one of the oldest neighborhoods in the whole city. And it's metro accessible. There are also some great food options like Open Crumb that does amazing fried chicken and fried fish sandwiches and really good brown butter chocolate chip cookies, which kids love. And then there's a giant chair that once made the claim to be the world's largest chair. And kids just find that to be really fun. And then it also is close to Anacostia Park, one of the largest parks in the city where they have the only outdoor skating um, pavilion where on weekends, local DJs kind of set up shop and just blast music. And a lot of people from the community go and they um, skate. You can bring your own or you can rent for free skates within certain hours from the park. And it's just a really fun time. And then again, you can see ducks and geese along the river and kids love it. can go from ducks to chocolate chip cookies to roller skating. (laughs) Exactly. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree. That's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What do you look for when you're curating a day out in the town with your daughter? So there's three of us in my family, um, my wife, my daughter, and Addie, who's now six. And we don't want life to be completely centered around Addie. I think it's it's good for her to realize there's others in the world. So we curate a day where all three of us get to choose something that we want to do. And then the other two are required to have a good attitude as we do it. <laughs> and so it is a good blend of like, let's find a really fun like playground that Addie might like, like Anacostia Park's Pirate Ship playground but then we also like i want good food or like i really like coffee 
and I want to have a good latte. So that's going to go into it. Or my wife loves hiking. So let's spend an hour or two near a really good place to hike within the city or just outside the city. So that is how we curate a day is we each get to choose one thing. And then it teaches Addie to kind of at least enjoy seeing others enjoy what they do. Yeah, she might not appreciate a good latte, or at least I hope she's not, but <laughs> she can you know, still sometimes. practice. Yeah, she can still practice like, oh, well, dad's really love that latte, and yep. maybe this isn't about me, but that's okay. <laughs> yep, exactly. And she does actually make fun of me sometimes. Every time, she doesn't love murals as much as I do, and DC has phenomenal murals, and a lot of the really old ones are near our house, east of the river, and every time we see a mural, she makes fun of me. She goes, look, Papa, look, a mural. Take out your phone and take a picture, And but she's really making fun of me. Oh, I love that your daughter is only six, but she's already roasting you, already knows the things. (laughs) Yeah, that started at like age two. So she gets that humor from me. I'm proud of it. How did you first get into this kind of exploration? Like what inspired you to want to explore the city in this way? Yeah, good good question. So two things. One, I think it was how I was raised. I grew up as an American overseas in a very historic place in the most Muslim part of Russia called Tatarstan. And the capital city is where I'm from. So deeply historic city, a lot to explore there. And so every place I've lived inspired by that, I just try to go deep in, including D.C. So I've been in D.C. for 16 years and have always explored most parts in all those 16 years. But when the pandemic hit is what inspired me to even go further. My wife and I both work full time and we had a we have a daughter who's six now, but at the time was three and she got sent home from daycare with no sign of return. And we both were trying to balance full time jobs. And so I was like, you know what, if we're going to be in this for a while, we're going to try to make this fun for both my daughter and for me. So I was teaching her the alphabet by exploring the city. And so we would go from A to Z, go to different neighborhoods that began with that letter. And then I would research the neighborhood and try to teach her the background in a way a three-year-old could understand. Mm. So we did A for Anacostia, B for Brooklyn, C for Congress Heights. And that inspired us to go to all eight wards of Washington, D.C. And as the pandemic dragged on longer, we finished the alphabet and did many reiterations of the alphabet tour is what we ended up calling it. And we went to suburbs from A to Z. We went to off the beaten path spots, A to Z. We went to A to Z spots within a four mile radius of our house east of the river and just really got to know the city through that. So the result was me revisiting all the neighborhoods um, again, but also my daughter visiting literally every single neighborhood in Washington, D.C. That's so creative. I have to ask, did you get one for X? We good, good question. Good question. There were a few where there were no neighborhoods. So what we did in that case was we found a street that began with that letter. And then we used that as an excuse to explore like the neighborhood. So for Z, for example, there is one alley called Zay Alley, which is downtown Washington, D.C. And so we used that as the base and then explored like within a mile radius of that one question that I, I definitely think about a lot myself is like, D.C. as a city, as a parent, right? I know that there are a lot of people who might say like, oh, raising a kid in a city, no good. But, you know, wh- why do you think it might be a good idea to raise a child in a city like D.C.? Yeah, for so many reasons. So I listened to a podcast a few years ago that was really helpful by a speaker called Tim Keller out of New York who raised two sons in Manhattan. And he talked about the, I think, seven reasons why it's best to raise kids in a city. And (laughs) that really resonated with my wife and I. And so one is there's a lot to explore. 
And so you're often kind of getting outside in nature because there's parks and you're going inside museums. Um, so that's one reason. And then two, in a city, they often tend to be more diverse. So you're going to live on the same block with people that are just different from how you were raised. And that can potentially lead to deep community with people that you may not find kinship with um, and in such a beautiful way. And we've definitely found that living um, in Fairlawn in Southeast DC. And then three, which really resonates with me, is it forces you to kind of go out and just live actual life and sit in the reality of life, both the good, like this beautiful city that we live in, our neighbors who have become like family to us, but also live in the tensions as well and not hide that from your children. And so in DC, there are, we all know there's a lot of tensions here and I don't shy away from that in teaching my daughter about the history of DC and how it was born out of enslaving people and then segregation and these evil, evil things. I don't want Addie to not be aware of those. So how do we live in that tension and teach her that and seeing people that we love still experience those? It just forces those conversations at a very early age, which I think is healthy for a kid. And so there's many other reasons, but those are the top three. Yeah. I mean, you talked about how in your explorations, your daughter gets to just be around so many different types of people, so many different types of experiences, and how if you weren't raising her in a city, she might not get to grow up with that kind of backdrop and really seeped in what that looks like for folks. Yep, exactly. And then this is a very kind of selfish reason, but I do love living in a city where there are three major airports. And so it does allow us just to see the world at a more affordable rate because there's just more access to travel as well. And people have fascinating stories from our neighbors and where we live to um, people that I know at work. Everyone just has an interesting perspective on life and they share that with my daughter and help pour into her life. And it's very much how I was raised. I grew up in a culture where children are raised by the community and not just your blood. And I have found that in DC in such a unique way and it reminds me of home. So especially in a city like DC where there are so many kind of touristy things that people might say like, oh, it's overrated. Are there any attractions that people might say are overrated but are actually worthwhile in your book? Hmm, that's a really good question. So I am of the perspective that you can find beauty anywhere, including in the very overhyped places in DC. One that my friends make fun of me because I post about it often in my Instagram is the Lincoln Memorial is this iconic spot that a lot of people go to. But I really like the back of the Lincoln Memorial. It's less busy. And to watch the sunset at night from the back of the Lincoln is just stunning. And it's usually the end destination of my daily run that I go on. Um, and I do really do think it's a place where locals also go to. So that's one spot, I would say. And then other ones, some of the museums, I think, are really important not to miss, like the Hirshhorn Museum kids tend to like as well because it's modern art, so adults like it, but there's enough to keep children engaged. I would definitely say don't miss out. And a powerful museum is the African American History and Culture Museum. And my daughter's class, she's been there a few times. That was actually the first museum she visited once my daughter was born. I think we took her when she was four days old. <laughs> we went to that <laughs> museum. And, um, and so it's really ingrained in her. But her class visited it recently. And her entire kindergarten class were kept engaged for many hours. Um, there's just so much to see. And also has really good food in their cafe. Wow. Keeping an entire group of little ones 
excited and engaged for that amount of time, that is really a winning endorsement. Oh, it really is. And I intentionally did not volunteer to chaperone that particular trip because I'm like, oh, in a museum. But apparently it went well. Austin, uh, we like to end every episode with a DC life hack. Do you have one to share? Something that makes life in DC a little bit better? Well, I would say one that pertains to exploring with kids is, this might sound cheesy, but I think it's appropriate, is to take the time to read all the signs throughout the city. They're everywhere in parks, on buildings, outside of museums. Really take the time to read them because you learn so much about the history, but also the context of a place. And my daughter now will stop and say, hey, Papa, what does that sign say? Or she's starting to learn to read. So I'm having her try to read these signs. And it teaches me so much about a place, but also teaches her. Austin Graff, Austin K. Graff on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And before you go, some quick news. D.C. police have released body camera footage from March 18th that shows an officer shooting 17-year-old Delano Martin in the back, killing him, while the teen tried to drive away. The officer had been one of a group trying to apprehend the driver who was initially asleep in a stolen car. When the police woke him, he drove off with an officer still in the vehicle. The family has not yet announced whether they'll sue. Meanwhile, D.C.'s attorney general is suing two real estate companies and their operators for allegedly discriminating against people with subsidized housing vouchers. This is the first suit enforcing the new tenant protection laws passed last year. It's partially based on a match-pair test where fake applicants with and without vouchers were told different information. Also, Prince George County approved a universal basic income pilot program. The details are still being worked out, but one council member suggested that payments would range between $500 and $800 a month for two years, and around 200 people will be able to participate. And lastly, the Hirshhorn Museum has extended the Yayoi Kasama exhibit for a second time, now keeping it open through July 16th. More than 140,000 people have visited the exhibit's immersive Infinity Mirrors room, known for Kusama's signature polka dot style. Get your free ticketed entry passes now. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend or a neighbor who has kids or wants them. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. You're, you're good at this, Bridget. You're <laughs> like, you. you have like such a good voice for this. And like, you're so like oh. confident in your questions. So well done. And that felt like it was like five minutes, which is a oh. good set. Well, thanks.